You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Jason Lewis. Uh, Pete's not with us today. And we have Larry. Hello there. Larry Maris here, of course. And we have our guest, J.P. Meyer, with us today. So I'm going to try to do my best Pete Ruggieri. And I don't know how well that's going to go. He is en route with another brother of ours, a, a master of Lebanon Lodge, and they're going to see Weird Al. Yeah, let me. This is this is what's really neat. We have JP here today to talk about music and Freemasonry or Freemasonry and music. We've got some pretty classical people out there. Uh, also, two great jazz individuals were Freemasons. And so here we have this eclectic kind of a thing. Pete's going over to Hershey, Pennsylvania to hear Weird Al Yankovic and study that music while we're here doing our thing. There you go. It's all full circle. Yeah, it's full circle. Weird. Al. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. So uh, I guess we'll jump right into it. So, you know, normally we uh, kind of discuss our week and, you know, summer is uh, finally coming to an end. But uh, what did you have going on this week, Masonically, uh, or at least uh, since our last week. recording? Yeah, since our last recording, which are really two weeks. Uh, I'll start with last week, basically, Goose and Gridiron. The pins are in. They are. They look yeah, great. They look fantastic. Um, who was it? Oh, Jimmy called, one of the founders of the Ghost and Gridiron. He called and said, what's the 17 for? And I said, uh, look at both of them, 17, 17. Oh, the light went on. That's the founding of the Grand Lodge of England. Yeah. Yeah, they looked uh, they looked pretty good. So they look very good. They are for sale. We have them online for sale through a big cartel site. We can uh, I think we've linked to it already on the Facebook page. We can do it again. So anything else exciting? Uh, let's try to we had our large meeting. Yeah, Lamberton had the yeah, large Lamberton meeting. Lamberton had their large meeting. Uh, chicken pot pie dinner, which was utterly fantastic. And I missed it. Yes, you did. <laughs> I didn't come in uh, jacket and tie, but I sure came with my. Stretchy pants. And uh, brother Josh Palmer, uh, Palmer, he uh, he did the speaking. He was our guest the uh, that night, which he would have been our guest other, even though he wasn't invited to be so because of the chicken pot pie. He'd have been there. Oh, of course. So he was our guest, of course, and did a great, great speech. Had a really. It's always good to see Josh. So, and he was past master of Lodge Forty Three. Yep, and just last year he just had a little baby girl. That's right. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, and. Uh, He's got some really uh, exciting news coming down the pike. I don't know if that is public knowledge yet or not, but we had our uh, Lodge Perfection meeting, and uh, we all got word that he's going to get a cool hat and an extra degree, a white hat. Really? Yeah. How, so the, how did he do that so quickly? Ah, uh, he, uh, you know, he, he busts his butt. Whoa! Yeah. No, no one's no one's aware of this news, though, right? I, yeah, but we'll have to find out if this needs to be edited. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't edit it. Come on. <laughs> There's been some comments out there on Facebook, kind of alluding to it, but uh, yeah, I believe that he has to wait quite a while until he gets it presented because they they meet once a year and once a year, yeah. They they elect and vote and then or nominate and vote and then he has to wait to be presented for the following year. But great week that happened within just a few days of each other. The birth of his daughter, who's a little early, but I hear she's doing good, and then. Uh, the news about his, his hat and, you know. You had a board meeting of uh, preferred Lodge of Perfection? Yeah, Lodge of Perfection back in session. So we're, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with Lodge of Perfection, including the one-day class that we have statewide for Blue Lodge and uh, Scottish Rite Masonry and then Shrine. And I've heard that York Rite is jumping in on it too. So I don't know the details about that, but that's October 29th. So if we have any Pennsylvania listeners, which I'm sure we do, that are, are not Masons or not Scottish Rite Masons, that's happening. There's the shameless plug. 
And yeah, we have our first stated meeting back from summer break in the Lodge Perfection next week. Uh, JP, how about you? Any Anything exciting? Uh, nothing too exciting. I mean, I've been working at the Dutch Apple doing my thing, so shameless plug on my end. Phantom's still running if you need to get tickets. Um, other than that, unfortunately, the job keeps me away from the craft a lot. So I miss a lot of the meetings and all that kind of stuff, but every time I can, I like to be back among the brothers. Dutch Apple for you folks who uh, might be out of town or somewhere in Pennsylvania is a phenomenal music theater. And what's really great about it is they also have a buffet that is really outstanding. So you go eat, go drink, and then you can watch the theater, uh, whatever. And then they put great shows on. And I'm telling you what, it's a first-class operation. It really, really is. It's great to have something like that in, uh, in Lancaster County. It really is. Uh, I don't think we did anything else. We had... Goose and Gridiron, and that was another good show. Lots of guys there. Pot pie was amazing. I ate way too many plates. Um, I've been called out of how many online. I Actually, know. I think you won the night. I, think I did. Had, I did. I think you had five. They were small. They were demolay sized. <laughs> oh no, nothing's demolay size. <laughs> and I think that's. I think that's really John Hoover. If you're here listening, you got to correct that. Uh, how about Pete? Uh, Pete, Pete's been busy with Grotto, of course. Right. But I don't know what's going on other than the fact that we got a notice in the mail and the, the Grotto News, which he does a lot of that work. And it's an outstanding piece. Gets an award winner, actually. Uh, the, the fact that we have a, uh, a meeting back in the, the uh, sometime in September. Fourth Sunday. Yep. Yeah, fourth Sunday. Thank you, Jason. And uh, that, that should be great. The upcoming thing, though, in October is going to be unbelievable. Every October, we have a Halloween party. We all dress up. We call it Halloween Nanny. People from New York come down. People from Virginia come in for this thing. It is unbelievable. And since we have a bar at all of our meetings, it gets really unbelievable. It's a, also an initiation night for all new members. And... We usually have a really special guest. Now, the special guest is coming in um, this late October, and actually, we're going to have the privilege of interviewing him. And that's uh, Brother Barry Banks, who is an opera tenor, probably one of the finest operatic tenors in the world. He's part of the Metropolitan Opera in New York and part of the Met in London, and he travels all over the world actually doing opera. He's coming in. He was there about three years ago and actually came dressed as a nun. <laughs> I hope I don't offend anybody. It's all guys with a garter belt. Oh. <laughs> and he kept lifting his habit. What a character <laughs> he was. Did not have a clue who he was, but he was great. And in the ceremony, he played the part of the devil's Oh, whatever. It was the one that lays on the floor like a snake. And he did that. He was fantastic. At the end, when he took the garb off and everything like that, and we we're getting ready to leave, he got up and he sang. Now, there were 75 guys in there of all walks of life who got up and gave Barry a standing ovation. This man is phenomenal. And I've been following him ever since. That's Barry Banks. Can we get him to sing on the podcast? Uh, hopefully we can, yeah. Can we sing with him? Yep. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can hear my voice? I thought it'll be really great. I think that's about it for what we've done in the last couple of weeks. So I guess it's time to take a break. Okay, and uh, we'll be back. Hey there, listeners. This is Pete, and I wanted to tell you about MasonicScarves.com. Masonic Scarves offers full-color, knitted, soccer-style scarves, perfect for you to wear to lodge, out casually, or even to display in your home. I currently have in our lineup pretty much every Masonic body from Blue Lodge, York Rite, Scottish Rite, Grotto, Shrine. If you think about it, I probably have it. Are you a turtle? Well, you bet your sweet ass I have a scarf for that. So you can easily order online with a credit card, and I'll generally have your scarf in the mail the next business day. Do you need an easy fundraiser for your lodge or organization? I can have a custom scarf design delivered to you in about four weeks, as long as you order a minimum of 50 pieces. I can help you with the artwork, and you'll have an original item that you can sell or hand out as a gift for visitors or past masters. Visit MasonicScarves.com or drop me an email at info at MasonicScarves, and I'll be glad to help you. Hey, we're back, and we're back with Jason Lewis and myself and our special guest tonight, uh, 
John Paul Meyer, J.P. Meyer, and I don't know if it's John Paul, but that's how I remember your it name. It is John Paul. It is you John got Paul. it right. You were named after the famous sea captain. Uh, you could say that. You yeah. could say that, okay. <laughs> or the Pope. But uh, actually, I've been named after two uncles, one from each side of the family. Oh, okay. An Uncle John and an Uncle Paul. I should have figured that. <laughs> well, anyway, it's great to have you here tonight. We talked earlier today about the role of music in Freemasonry. And we happen to belong to a lodge. We both belong to 476 Lamberton. Mm-hmm. And we happen to belong to a lodge that has a piano sitting in it. It's never been played as long as I've been there. I don't think it's been tuned as <laughs> long as you've it, been yeah, there. Yeah, I think either. you mentioned it hasn't been tuned either. We, we use it. When, our, when Past Master Drew Bullington is there, he plays a national anthem oh, for us. He does, really. Yeah. Well, we need someone to play our national anthem for ours, too. Uh, but anyway, we have all of this. And I can remember, it was about three, four years ago, you gave a lecture on music and Freemasonry. And it was fantastic. As a matter of fact, I told you that should be presented to the Pennsylvania Lodge of Research. That's one of the best we've ever heard. And as a matter of fact, Jim Tolley, uh, who is in our lodge, of course, mm-hmm. would like you to come back and do that. So we like to schedule you for that next year. Sure. Anyway, so uh, why don't, and, and here again, I don't think Lamberton's any different than most of the lodges in First District. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody does music except one lodge, and that's an effort of the effort of Lodge 665. We don't do it, but yet it really is an important part of our craft, and we totally ignore it. Right. To me, it seems like it's just a lot of tradition from the area and the lodge that you're in. You know, if it's not been done for so long, the new guys don't know that it even was something that is to be done. But uh, you're right. It's a very big, important part of Freemasonry in general, and there's lots of things that you can do musically in the lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's lodge, I think we're going to talk about the Herman Humboldt Lodge a little yes, bit later, the German Lodge. Uh, they used to have an accordion player in the lodge who would play music as people were walking around and, and all kinds of underscoring for things that were going on. It was great. I got a kick out of that the first time I went to visit my dad in lodge. So, yeah, music, uh, it all depends on the lodge where it's at. Yeah, it's kind of a shame, though, because really, it, to me, I think it could add so much. Uh, a couple of our Lamberton people went up to Ephrata, and they, they raved about the fact that the closing of the lodge, they sang the Masonic hymn, mm-hmm. and everybody loved it. They said, that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, again, uh, I don't think I've ever belonged to any lodge, even when I was in South Carolina. We didn't do music. Right. Right. I know the York right. When we visited um, our local Prince Hall that meets in the same building as, as our lodges, they sing. They sing quite a bit. I mean, they, they don't play music, but they're constantly singing. So, And they have a lot of escorts. So if someone needs to approach the East, they have you know, stewards that come and, or marshals that, <clears throat> excuse me, that escort them to the front. And while that's happening, they have, um, you know, everybody can sing some either Bible hymns or similar. I take it back. <clears throat> When I came into the lodge for my third degree in South Carolina, and I'm not giving anything away here. If I am, you can delete it. (laughs) I came into a a dark lodge with candles surrounding an open casket. And the whole group of masons that were in there on the sidelines were singing, Nearer My God to Thee. Mm. And I said to my guide, you're not putting me in there. Uh, no way. I'm going in there. And I balked. I stopped. And he whispered in my ear. He said, this is just for show. Don't worry about it. So there was music that night. Right. There you go. Yeah. Was it kind of what it hear? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because from the research I did, there's so much music that is specific to a certain lodge, then like the near my God to thee type thing. Um, but there are actually published odes that are to be used for lodge that you can find published in the Amun Reason too. I, there's an opening, closing ode. There's an ode for each of the um, uh, craft degrees. Uh, there's lots of music that is published and part of the Amun Reason that, you know, you could implement. And they're sung to pretty common hymn tunes, most of them. Some of them have their own published tunes, so... Yeah, I was on Masonic, uh, was a Masonic music last night, and I was looking at, uh, there's a whole raft of opening closings, uh, very ceremonial funerals and so mm-hmm. forth, and I tried to listen to some of the music, and let me tell you, oh gosh, I can see maybe why we don't do some of it, because yeah. it's not great, and then I went to a site where I listened to Masonic hymns, but it was just a music part of it. Mm-hmm. 
with an organ that some organ manufacturer must have sold in 1958. It was awful. Mm. It was really awful. And it reminded me of a funeral home back in the 50s and 60s. You know, they'd have an organist there, and it was the worst organ music you've ever heard in your life. That's what it reminded me of. Mm. Which is when I talked to you today, I said, I wish we could put a pipe organ in our lodge. That would be awesome. But yeah, yeah, that would be great. I don't know that you'd want one of those little Hammond organs. I think a lot of the music thing is all in presentation. If yeah. it's something that's going to turn people off, they don't like the sound of, they're not yeah. going to be interested and in that, singing that's, it. That's what I listened to. Some of those those uh, hymns that were musically played on it must have been a Hammond. It mm-hmm. wasn't good at all. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, sometimes those organs, they, whew. I mean, I, the organ in my church in Philadelphia is undergoing renovation right now, and I'm left with just a little bit of it, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't with this anymore. Yeah, that's one of the things I, w- I was said I was going to bring up tonight, too. You are a very accomplished organist, and you also, on Sunday mornings, you head down to Philadelphia. Every Sunday morning. You, uh, you do the organ down there. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Yeah, I've been—obviously, oh, I've been a member of that church for as long as I can remember. I think somewhere in, uh, you know, eight, nine years old, we started attending there with my father, and it's a German Lutheran Church uh, still has services in German, Old Zion Lutheran. And uh, about when I was 16, one Sunday, the organist just didn't show up, didn't show up. And it was about five minutes before the service was supposed to start. And they came up to me and said, hey, you play piano, get behind the organ. I'm sure you'll be fine. And that was the start of it. <laughs> and Were you fine? Uh, I was not fine, but I got through the service anyway. Thankfully, they're a very forgiving congregation. <laughs> uh, then I went to music school at Millersville, and I kind of came back and forth, and there was a couple organists in between there. Uh, and then when I was done with college, I still was going, and the organist that they had hired had left to go to a bigger cathedral, a more full-time job. And uh, I offered, and sure enough, I got the contract. I've been playing there ever since, every Sunday. Yep, every Sunday, the Present. nice five five thirty in the morning, six in the morning, travel to Philadelphia. Yeah, who awesome. fills in for you when you're unavailable? Oh no, there's no unavailable. <laughs> no, I've I've had subs in the past if I can't be there. And actually, when the organ was down for a while uh, because of the renovation, we couldn't use it. I was using a hookup similar to what I would use if I was doing keyboards in a in a theater production. Uh, going through main stage, I had organ sound set up, and I could pre-record it. And I found QLab, music production program, and we were able to send that to my dad, who can sit there and hook into the church sound system and go through the QLab prompts. Then I've pre-recorded all the hymns, all the responses, everything like that. So if I have to leave uh, a German service, for instance, to get to the theater on time for a matinee, my dad will actually fill in for me playing what I've pre-recorded during the week. So that works out pretty nicely. So he's like a church DJ. Pretty much. I guess you can put it that way. <laughs> nice. I think he prefers to be called the assistant organist. But right. he's okay. <laughs> well, it, it may sound unusual that the entire Lutheran service, uh, that, do they do it in Lutheran all the time or do they do English sometimes? Uh, there's there's two services on most Sundays, uh, an English service that's at 10 and a German service that's at 1115. Wait, wait. Did you, is Lutheran a language? Lutheran a language? Yeah. You said that they do it in Lutheran? <laughs> Did I say that? You, yeah. <laughs> we do it in Lutheran in both services, but in the English language in one and German language in the other. Right. Yes, Lutheran <laughs> is a language, a culture, a society, a world. <laughs> As my uncle used to say, once a Lutheran, always a Lutheran. That's right. And you know the old saying, you know, where there's two Lutherans, there's three opinions. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> Another thing, too, you know, we talked about the German Lodge, and I'm jumping ahead here because I was saving this to the end, but we're in it. Your dad and his lodge Mm -hmm. came up to our lodge about, what, three, four years ago? Yeah, it would have been 2011. 2011. And we did a joint lodge meeting, opening, closing, all the ritual in between, Mm -hmm. half German. The the uh, the officers of the of the lodge down there was it Herman Humboldt Herman Humboldt Lodge Herman yep. Humboldt Lodge they did their part in German and we did it in English side by side right and it was the most fantastic lodge meeting I think I have ever been to yeah that was a very exciting that night was for a, me that was an awesome night that was yeah it was great because my father was actually the uh, past master of the Herman Humboldt Lodge. Uh, exactly 25 years apart, we were masters. He was master in 1976, and I was master in 2011. Uh, so that was really special. The both of us got to stand up in the east and, and preside over the lodge. Yeah. And just like you said, you know, I would do the uh, thing in English, and then he would say what he was saying in German, and we'd go all around. And there's a funny story. I think it was either the junior warden or the senior warden uh, forgot one of their lines in the 
opening of the lodge and they leaned over to their German counterpart and says, do you remember what I'm supposed to say here? And the German <laughs> senior warden said, I only know it in German. <laughs> I have was to that the sign? Oh, is it, is it potty time? Yeah. All right. I'm trying to do my best Pete over here. So, all right. So I guess it's time for us to take a quick break and we'll be back with our guest, JP Meyer. The Red Serpent by Larry Maris. One man's obsession to avenge the death of his wife uncovers a long-hidden, ancient blueprint to perfect the world for future generations. Visit www.larrymaris.com. You can purchase this book anywhere except CVS. All right, so... Larry is fully relieved. We're back with our guest, J.P. Meyer. And, you know, the one thing we forgot to mention before you jump back into uh, part two of this interview, uh, we moved into a new studio. Yes, we did. So we uh, moved out of the Langston Masonic Center, which I don't think they knew we were even there, in and out. And uh, our monarch and the your... Sh- the our, schmucker room. Yeah, the, sh- the schmucker room. <laughs> the schmucker room. That's the schmucker room. Uh, that's not the jelly guy, by the way. But we're in uh, Monarch Studios now, our, our monarch from Grotto. And, uh, but he's not here, so he graciously let us come in and use the space in his absence. And his lovely wife let us in. So, But without further ado, back to you. Yeah, um, thanks, Jason. Uh, One of the things I wanted to talk about, the various types of Masonic music that there are, but just as importantly, some of the composers, Mm -hmm. both modern, both jazz, both classical, if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's start with the composer since we're there. I mean, obviously, there's the classical composers. You have Mozart, you have Haydn, you have Liszt, you have Beethoven. All were master masons. Mozart actually wrote a lot of music specifically for masonry. I listened to the funeral... uh, um, yeah, the funeral piece, that he mm-hmm. wrote, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I listened to the prelude of the uh, magic flute. Mm-hmm. That was okay. I started listening to the opera, and I, that, that was it. I lost me right there. <laughs> Sorry, Barry. <laughs> how, how long is the magic flute? It's like two hours long, isn't it? Uh, it's a long one, yeah. 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 It's not as long as some operas, but it's, you know, it's an opera, so it goes on. Man, it's worse than like progressive rock. But you know, it's interesting with the uh, magic flute. There's apparently a lot of Masonic symbolism in the Magic Flute. Uh, Talking about the overture, the prelude, it's written in the key of E-flat major, which for those of you who are musically inclined out there, has three flats. Uh, Three is a major symbol in masonry. you got three pillars, three great pillars, three lesser pillars. You have the three officers, Worshipful Master, Junior Warden, and Senior Warden. Um, And it starts with three very distinct E-flat major chords. Whoa. So right there, right off the bat, a lot of people are saying he was trying to demonstrate some symbolism of Freemasonry right from the beginning of the overture. And if you study through it, there's actually a lot of allusions to Freemasonry, both in the music and in the in the actual dialogue and well, not dialogue, but the libretto of the piece. That's a word. Nobody's going to know. Yeah. Libretto is all the words that they're singing. And the person who wrote all that is actually another Mason. Hold on. I got to dig up my notes here because I want to say the name right. No, where is the notes? I'm jumping around too much. Oh, there it is. Schikanator. He was the librettist for Mozart's Magic Flute. And there's a theory going around that in Austria at that point in time, the king was worried about the Freemasons and he limited the amount of lodge that were able to operate in Austria at that point. Um, Mostly because they thought it was like an evil thing coming to take over the whole kingdom. And if you watch the opera, uh, it's very much an initiation piece into knowledge. And they go through the whole thing. And at the very end, the person who's the master of the lodge or the master of the group that initiates knowledge turns out to be not a bad guy. He's just a bunch of good guys that bring light to knowledge. And eat chicken pot pie. And eat chicken pot pie. Lots of it in bowlfuls. I love that song. (laughs) (laughs) So there's lots of symbolism just in the magic opera. But he also wrote another piece for his dad. When his dad uh, went through the Fellowcraft degree, he wrote a piece for the Fellowcraft degree called the Gazellenreise or the Fellowcraft's Journey. So Mozart was very big into masonry and did a lot of things for the masonry and music. Cool. I saw Ludwig, and this I did not know. Ludwig von Beethoven Mm -hmm. was a mason. Yep. And, he, and I, I love most all of his work, by the way. And uh, 
And was it Franz Liszt? Franz Liszt? Yeah, Franz mm-hmm. Liszt. I haven't heard anything by him. I have to look him up. I do love classical music. And- yeah. Um, and, of course, a lot of the classical composers and the romantic composers, they they got involved because right around that time you had speculative Freemasonry. And they were in the right social circles to join Freemasonry at that point in time. So right there you get a big influx of major composers and major music lovers into the craft. And boom, you have a lot of the odes starting to come around. Politically, there were some things that were going on at that time, too. Mm-hmm. You had Voltaire. You had Rousseau. You had things in England that were changing. You had things in the United States or the colonies that were changing. It was quite a, uh, how should I say? Uh, volatile. Volatile time, exactly. So I could see why the king of Austria was really worried about Freemasons. <laughs> yep. I mean, look at what they did in France, the United States, and England, for God's <laughs> sake. <laughs> So you mentioned earlier, Larry, there's a, a number of uh, jazz musicians. Yes, yes. Uh, Count Basie, I believe, was probably uh, I the believe one. so, yeah. Yep. Irving Berlin was in there. Duke yep. Ellington. Yeah, and going right on through Meredith Wilson, the composer of the Music Man musical. He was a Mason. Nice. Yeah, lots of, lots of people. And the list is extensive. I didn't want to print out the whole list because it would take us forever to go through them all. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but uh, almost anyone you can name probably has some connection to masonry. It's Interesting. pretty amazing. Do we have anything else? Well, actually, uh, I want to do one thing. Okay. Before we take a break, I want to shout out to somebody special. Oh, my God. Last time you did this, it lasted 20 minutes. <laughs> and that's Lauren. That is that is JP's fiance. No, not fiance yet. Not? No. I it was oh. Everyone I keeps saying that to me. got engaged. No, we didn't get engaged. No. Gosh. Her, her sister actually just had a wedding Um was it last weekend now? And there was a picture of, uh, she has another sister, Becca, and her sister's boyfriend and I and her sister and her all posed for a picture. And the two of us, the guys, were kneeling down on our knees and the girls were sitting on chairs. And now everyone in both families and all our friends are like, did oh, you, are propose? you propose? <laughs> no, it was not a double proposal. It was just supposed to be a goofy picture. So are we going to need to edit that portion out talking about? Uh, oh, no, we can still call out my lovely girlfriend. Well, let, let me tell you, she is a beautiful lady. She she does a lot of things in theater. She's a professional photographer, I'm not mistaken. She, yeah, yeah, she actually just won an award through uh, Lancaster Newspapers, I yeah. believe. For She's Reader extremely Stores. talented. Nice. But here's the real thing. She's younger than JP. Good. A lot younger. So oh. JP, well, oh I won't say a lot, but let me put it like that. This is a family show, Larry. I, I, yeah. I, I swore a little bit, but come you on. Could almost say, you could almost say JP's a dirty old man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, come on, Larry. He's people projecting. Can't, people anyway, can't see me. They're going to La- think I'm as old as you. <laughs> Lauren is a beautiful gal, and really, I hope you do get engaged, and I hope you remember to invite us to the wedding because it could be a live podcast. <laughs> that would be amazing. I, I got to know, how, how big is this age difference? The age difference? Oh, how big is it? Uh, six years, seven years? That's not oh, that's bad. Not that bad. Yeah, that's no. not that bad. No, I, I thought there was a bigger age difference than that. No. He picks her up in high school. No, 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 no. That is a lie. That is a lie. We met when she was fully legal. Wow, that went downhill quick. <laughs> so in any event, so Pete's studio is super uncomfortable. So uh, I need to stand up. I think it's time to take a break. Okay. We'll fine. be back. All right. Hey, Masonic Light listeners. Thanks for tuning into the show and listening, but we want to hear from you. Do you have a great Masonic story to tell? Or would you like to be a guest? Or would you like to just call in and let us know where you're listening from or what lodge you belong to? We'd be happy to play it on an upcoming episode. In the meantime, find us at www.masoniclight.com or on Facebook at Masonic Podcasts and Twitter at Masonic Light. Please give us a call at 315-596-2766 or... 31559Mason. All right, and we're back. I think Larry's just got a few more questions for JP here. Uh, music is such a broad subject, so I think you guys got a few more details. Yeah, one of the things we were talking about on break, and we do talk about these things on break uh, when I'm not in the restroom, uh, we talked about the liberal arts mm-hmm. and basically and music being an important part of the liberal arts. You know, the seven liberal arts that we I think we learn about them. Well, maybe not. 
we did in South Carolina. We learned. We had a, we had a lecture on the seven liberal arts mm-hmm. uh, in, in South Carolina going through the second degree, and music was a very important part of it. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I, they're still in the second degree here in Pennsylvania, obviously. I mean, not quite probably as in-depth, but they're definitely mentioned as the seven liberal arts. And the interesting thing is— why is music part of the seven liberal arts? You have a trio, the trivium, and you have the quadrivium. You have grammar, rhetoric, and logic. Those are the three, and that's you know obviously having to do with uh, discussion and talking and all that. And then you have uh, geometry, arithmetic, music, and astronomy. And you're thinking to yourself, geometry, arithmetic, and astronomy, I can get. That's math. What about music? Why is music in there? That's an emotional thing. That's an art. Well, back when music first became something that was understood and studied, it was a mathematical challenge. It was something you figured out via math. How do you make a chord? How do you make a certain interval? So the Greeks actually codified it, and that's why it became part of that quadrivium. It was a mathematical challenge. It wasn't until uh, the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s that music started becoming more of an emotive experience for people. And... Uh, right about then, it became part of speculative Freemasonry. So, boom, you still have the seven liberal arts. Music's a major part. And there it is. That is awesome. You know, not to dumb it down, but uh, one of my favorite videos is the uh, Walt Disney um, geometry cartoon mm-hmm. with Donald Duck. And they're talking about math and Pythagoras and music. And uh, they were talking about, you know, Pythagoras's uh, secret society where they all had a mark on their hand. And in the cartoon, it's a, it's a star. Who knows if that's what it was for real, but they would meet in secret and talk specifically about math that at the time would have gotten you in serious trouble Mm -hmm. and music, which was based around math, obviously. But yeah, pretty, pretty neat stuff. It's a great cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Walt Disney, by the way. Oh, another brother. See, Mm -hmm. wasn't dumbing it down at all. Mm -mm. No, you weren't. So I I have a, a, I just got a message from... Our, our host, Pete, who's not here, he's uh, waiting for Weird Al. He said that he can try to phone in. We don't have anything set up here to capture this what well, about, but we'll put, put him on, we'll put, put him on speakerphone, see if we, can, if we can catch it. So I think what we're going to do is take yet another really, really brief break and set this up and see if we can catch Pete ready to see Weird Al. Okay, and we're back, and I have, uh, because we're so low-tech, we weren't expecting to set this up. So I have uh, my phone on speakerphone. We have JP and Larry and uh, myself, Jason, of course. But on speakerphone, we have our co-host who's sitting uh, in a sea of nerds, as he just put it. So uh, say hi, Pete. Hey, Pete. Uh, It's amazing. I've never felt like I was the coolest guy in the room before. (laughs) It's like pathetic So if you haven't seen the pictures of us, uh, I encourage you to check out Facebook. But I think that uh, we pretty much all match that description. So are they bowing down? Did you wear your fez? Um, I am not wearing... You know what? I can't hear a word you're saying. And it's just because it's loud here and I've been drinking a lot of Jim Beam. Um, But I am not wearing my fez. I am not wearing a Weird Al t-shirt. I am not wearing any tinfoil on my head like half the people here. It is. I, I mean, I'm glad I came. It's a good experience. It, it really is making me feel better about myself. Well, good. It's like an ego boost. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, oh, I just saw my second person of color. <laughs> <laughs> so it is officially a diverse crowd. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if we can keep that in the show or not. Yeah, we can. I'll just keep it in. That's, yeah. I mean, I... Uh, we're, all, we're, we're, not, we're not in Arkansas or one of the... <laughs> yeah. We're both Mason and Dixon, whatever. Mason Dixon, we all get along here. Were you reading the news? Why did you say Arkansas in particular? Um, I don't know. I guess because Hillary Clinton and her body double were on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Larry's been behaving. We're doing okay without you, but we sure do miss you. I hope you have fun. At uh, Weird Al. Uh, were, were the dogs barking the whole time? Uh, you know, you could hear a little bit, but I, th- I think we're going to be okay. It's it's little it's little stuffy in here, but we'll get there. Sounded like a pack of wolves downstairs. Did you see I left you some whiskey and water? Yes, we did. Uh, you're, you're, you're a good yes, host. you're a good man. 
And since the bathroom's so close, I did leave a candle in case one of you had to drop a dude. <laughs> Always the gentleman. All right. In any event, that was Pete Ruggieri live from Weird Al. You got anything else for us? Any words of encouragement? Uh, no, uh, JP, thanks for coming out. Sorry, uh, sorry I wasn't there, but... Um, you know, with a musical genius like Weird Al Yankovic, how, how was I to say no? Yeah, I know where your priorities <laughs> lie, Pete. It's okay. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll see you. All right. That was amazing. That was good. We need to do more things like that. I'm sorry. We're on the air. Oh, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> we're going to wrap this up. Is there anything you want to talk about? that we haven't so far talked about. I mean, this is such a, a vast field to talk about. What would you like to see Freemasonry do when it comes to music? You know what I would honestly like to see even more than just putting music into a lodge that doesn't necessarily have the tradition of music or taking music out of a lodge that might have a tradition? I think we need to do more to honor what our fellow craft degree teaches us. We need to better ourselves through the pursuit of certain studies. And, you know, if people aren't mathematically inclined or you're not, you know, huge on speaking or conversing or something like that, sometimes music's the best way to go about it. You can find yourself at any age uh, an electric keyboard for cheap. You can teach yourself to play even just a few chords or a melody you used to know or something that your mom used to sing to you going to sleep. Uh, you can find yourself a teacher. You can sing in the shower. Music's such a beautiful thing to have in your life. And when you think about it, music's everywhere. No matter where you go, it's in your car, it's at the movies, it's, you know, you go to a theater, a theatrical production, even if it's a play, you'll have music usually for scene changes and things like that. It sets the mood. It's an inherent part of everybody's life in just about every country you can go to. So why Masons don't feel the need to go out and learn more about music and maybe even just take a voice lesson just on the off chance no, that right. you might like it? It does influence us in your absolutely right. It's everywhere. When I write, I have Anya in the background because she takes me into certain places where I can dig down and write fiction. And usually the fiction I write is kind of black and dark or whatever you want to call it anyway. And it's perfect. So it does influence. It helps me write. No, you're the one buying her records. Yeah, I'm buying. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. Sail Away has been on rotation every now and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's in everyone's library. Yeah, right. You know, it's interesting. I, I heard a Masonic education topic talking about the Fellowcraft, and Fellowcraft is one of my favorite degrees. And in Pennsylvania, uh, those of you that aren't from PA, I encourage you to come check out how short our Fellowcraft is. And it's, it's I don't think it's any less serious than, than another jurisdiction, but I do think that uh, our Fellowcraft might be a little shortchanged because it's, it's so quick. And, you know, there's huge discussion about that degree in other another jurisdiction should we take our last break and uh, let's take a break oh we got two more breaks we got to do some quick news and then, and then we'll wrap it up okay all right we'll be back good news everyone masonic light news news not fit to print lots of stuff going on uh, in the news and I don't have my notes in front of me, so we're going to kind of wing it and more, more discussion. But a topic that has been brewing for the last couple of weeks and even the last couple of months, uh, and I'm going to try to do this as, as gingerly as, as possible, not mention this jurisdiction. But if you are into Masonry and you're into American Freemasonry, you've, you've, you've definitely seen this. Uh, but there is a jurisdiction out there. And the past bastard uh, just joked about this and said thank you to this jurisdiction for taking the uh, uh, the heat off of Georgia and Tennessee because of their drama they had earlier in the year. Uh, but this particular jurisdiction has been uh, drawing a hard line in the sand uh, about their members uh, speaking out specifically digitally, uh, so through you know Facebook or emails or posting. And there's a, a couple accounts of a few brothers that have been you know called into Grand Lodge of this jurisdiction. Uh, uh, not their own lodge, uh, but but brought in to either plead their case or or sign a, a voluntary rejection. Inquisition, and if you're guilty, you get burned at the stake. Mm. That's what it sounds like, and you know it's interesting because that's that's one jurisdiction, and I'm, and I'm treading lightly because you know there's obviously podcasts and there's blogs, and the the world is a lot different than it was 50 years ago. Uh, 
But I got a message from another fan of ours that belongs to a jurisdiction in another country, and we won't name him either. Uh, and you know, he's relatively vocal about things that are happening, and uh, not not negative, not uh, not satire. I mean, he's very serious Mason. Uh, but in his jurisdiction, he just received an email that you know a few years ago an edict came out uh, that said that any discussion about uh, the esoterics or alternative meanings of, you know, landmarks or your perception of, of some of the things that we learn uh, needs to be approved by by their Grand Lodge. So, you know, in effect, if you have a conversation about what does a fellow craft degree mean to me or what does this working tool really mean to me, uh, the only thing that they're allowed to talk about is what's written in, in the ritual manuals or in their, you know, their rule books. So, you know, I think that it's going to be interesting, you know, coming coming up in the next uh, the next few years because obviously it's the digital age. Everybody has an opinion, and everybody has, you know, a soapbox to to mention it. But there's, you know, there's some of these satire sites that these guys are, remain anonymous, and and no wonder because they're probably afraid. So, what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, exactly. It reminds me historically of what happened to Lodge Forty Three about 150 years ago. They had their uh, their constitution and bylaws revoked by the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania because they were not towing the Grand Lodge line. And there was a lot of disagreement. Had to do with ritual, had to do with uh, people coming in to teach ritual. It was a real mess. And actually, they lost their constitution for a period of time. And a fellow by the name of... James Buchanan. James Buchanan, thank you. Happened to be president. Yeah, happened to be president of the United States. Uh, actually, went in and put everything back together again. Well, so. The, 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 so was, this is the 200th year of him being raised. And when he was master in 1823, you know, back then, uh, the Grand Lodge didn't come visit very often. There were no district deputies and, you know, there was no cars. There was no turnpike. So, you know, they didn't make it out here very often. And the ritual would start to sway from the way that it was written or secretly written or mouth to ear. And Buchanan, as master, um, pitched a fit. And, and considering his political status, I think that he got a little bit more respect than, you know, some of the other masters that came before him. And he said, you know, basically, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here because I wasn't there, you know, like you can't come out here and criticize me when you're only out here once every two or three years. Right. And there needs to be a solution. And I don't know if he turned in the warrant and said, you know, until you fix it, I'm shutting us down or if they took it. But regardless, when they got it back, they handed it to him and said, here you go. Here's the solution. And you are our very first district deputy in the first Masonic district. Wow. So that's where district deputy, at least in Pennsylvania, came from, was from Lodge 43 and James Buchanan pitching a fit about, um, you know, not not having basically instructors like we do now. That's interesting. I had no idea about any yeah. of that. You're not going to believe it, but I got wires tangled around my foot. Oh, my God. You can't take Larry anywhere. <laughs> How do you eat spaghetti? <laughs> That's a good re that's a good report. Just one little side note here. James Buchanan was never married. Yeah, he that, was not. That's not all I'm going to say. His sister was first lady, right? His niece, I His think. His niece. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I think he was the only president who wasn't married. I right? believe so. Yes. I was going to say that, but I had I would hate to be proved wrong. Yeah. And I think he was the only Mason that inspired uh, the uh, anti-Masonic political party. I mean, that was pretty much in response to his his um, questionable leadership, if you will, not to get in the political side of it. But yeah, so it's interesting. I think it's going to be fun, not fun. I think it's going to be interesting to watch uh, the climate out there of how Masons voice their their opinions. Uh, sounds like some of these jurisdictions are, are drawing a hard line. And unfortunately, uh, you know, thankfully, thank you to my jurisdiction. You know, we haven't seen that yet. And hopefully we don't. Uh, because I think a lot of people get turned off by the the, the very massive micromanagement of right. of uh, masonry. Well, you know, it's interesting because we're we're taught to you know be dutiful citizens and honor the laws of our country, and you know the laws of our country are free speech, at least here in the United States. <clears throat> So I understand, you know, keeping a control on ritual and making sure everyone's doing the same ritual. But when you're talking about esoterics and interpretation of what you're learning and what your interpretation of these symbols are, I don't know that they have a place to, to stand on that. Right. And I think we, we all took an oath, you know, that said that we that we won't wrong at the Grand Lodge, uh, you know, of Pennsylvania or anybody else's. And, and while we sit here and we occasionally have fun at Masonry's expense, uh, you know, never would I take a hard swing at the Grand Lodge. Right. I don't think that any of us are, I mean, you know, 
even though we joke on the podcast, I mean, we love masonry and we love our brothers and we love our jurisdiction. But we are very fortunate in Pennsylvania. I think we have probably one of the world's best, greatest grand lodges ever. Agreed. I mean, there's just so much. There's, I don't. Want, I hate to use the political word progressive because it's not political. But they're a very progressive uh, grand lodge, and they're fantastic. They offer so much to their members, and they do so much for the members. So I would never ever, and I don't think they would ever go that way. There's your plug, Grand Lodge. We love you. So that's all I have for the news, guys. Should we? Uh, do you guys have anything else? Do we want to talk uh, about? I don't have anything else, Jake. I'm, I'm done. <clears throat> well, let's quick go around the room, and uh, what do we have coming up oh, Sonically? You, you, oh. you made a recommendation. Oh, my gosh. What did what I do now? You said that what we should do, where JP's concerned, and have him as a guest again, or how, I don't know how we can do this, but for him... To propose to his wife on a podcast. <laughs> propose to my wife? Oh, she, I mean, in the course of one interview, she's gone from my, from my girlfriend, girlfriend to my okay. to my fiance I to my wife. So I congratulations, thought, honey, we're married. You know, I thought you were Larry married. gets to fulfill uh, he gets to <laughs> fulfill two goals of his if you do that. A, you propose on the air, and B, apparently you're Mormon, <laughs> <laughs> and and you have uh, you have a couple wives going on, so. <laughs> They're not supposed to know. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So what, do you have anything coming up in the next uh, next couple of weeks before we record again? Not to my knowledge, no. Well, yeah. Goosey, the old course. Ghost and Gridiron. What, yeah. By the pin, it's online. Yes. Yep. You can find yeah. it on our, our Facebook yeah. page. Yeah. Definitely. And it's getting cold out there, and I'll put a plug in, but I think Pete's going to give you something to work with anyway. <laughs> buy scarves. Yep. Buy Pete's scarves. Buy our pins. Yep. Um, Don't forget my book. Yeah, Larry's book. Read it. Yeah, it's uh, great. They're reading it in Australia. I got sales down there. It's amazing. Can you uh, can you get it on tape? Have you had uh, like Morgan Freeman or anybody uh, read it yet? No, no, no. Oh, I'll totally do that for you. You can get it. You can get it on voice. Yeah, you, you can do that. Nice. Excellent. I don't know who's doing it, but you can. How about you? Do you have anything going on, JP? Uh, not so much. Uh, we're going to be starting a new show here at the Dutch Apple pretty soon. In the next couple of weeks, Anything Goes will be opening. Um, but other than that, we're just continuing on with Phantom, and that's pretty much my world right now. And the menu has changed there, and they really, they really are doing some great stuff over yeah. there now. And if you guys let me do a shameless plug about that. So for those of you who are in the Lancaster area, if you want to come down, we have our normal buffet on most nights. But on Thursday night, we actually have a specially served meal. You will actually be served, served? at the table. Whoa. So you get a menu, and you have your options, and they'll bring you your, your service, as, just like you would at a normal restaurant. So that's, that's something new that we just started this year. It's more than the Lancaster area. You have people coming in from as far north as Reading, mm -hmm. uh, basically the central Pennsylvania area. You have right. a good following all over we central do. PA. And that's central PA is about 3 million people. Yeah. So you have a big market area that you get to. Half, don't have, yeah. half don't have cars but yep. or electricity. Uh, where can we find the theater online? Uh, DutchApple.com. Nice. Do you guys do chicken pot pie? You know what? I haven't seen chicken pot pie on the menu yet. Nice. That would be a sold-out show if it is. Yeah, <laughs> I will have to definitely put that in. Yeah, there's a, there's an uh, you know an under undercurrent, if you will, theme of uh, chicken pot pie on the show. So we need to keep it going. Uh, coming up for me, we have one day class, October 29th. So if you're Pennsylvania Mason, there's your plug. You can join your Blue Lodge. You can join Scottish Rite. Lodge 43 has their uh, meeting next week. So we have our table lodge. Uh, we'll probably talk about this a couple times in the next couple weeks on the podcast, but in our October meeting, which is the second Wednesday, I think it's the 14th. Don't quote me on that. Uh, we're doing a grotto presentation. So if you want to hear about grotto, uh, Jack Harley, our uh, venerable, venerable prophet, right? He's going to be uh, doing a presentation of, of grotto in uh in Ubar style. So there'd be some call and respond. And that is chicken pot pie night. It's chicken pot pie night. Uh, Jack's speaking. We're going to call off labor. So anybody who is from Grotto wants to wear their fez, they can come in. We've got permission. And then also uh, Ubar is uh, serving refreshments at Lodge 43. So if you're in the area, it's going to be a really, really fun night. Non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic, but we can walk and get uh, alcohol soon after the meeting. I think we're going to do our 25-year uh, pin presentation that night as well. And uh. it's going to be quick. It's the 25. It's a quick one. Those guys can still walk without a cane. I won't say what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> and we have, a, and we have, do have a couple uh, guys that we missed that haven't gotten their 15, 16. This is the uh, deputy district. 
the Grandmaster, or whatever you call the it. district deputy. Uh, he, well, he's always more than welcome to come, and uh, if he's not there, then we'll we'll do it ourselves. No, I, I usually, he's usually there for presentment of pins. That's why I ask. Yeah, we have a couple guys that didn't make it that asked if we could have a makeup, so we're okay. going to do that in uh, in October. That's pretty much all that I have. Last shameless plug for me. Uh, my wife started a new cleaning business, so she's been doing it for a while, but it's finally legit. So if you're looking for professional cleaner, um, part owned by a brother, uh, you can find us at www. 1760 clean. Let's play on 1760 clean if you're from Lancaster. Okay, it's uh, time for our closing remarks, or as Pete likes to call it, uh, Larry's ramblings or rambling Larry, whatever you want to call it. It's time to give special thanks to our guest, JP Meyer, for being here, for putting up with our nonsense, for getting him in trouble with his girlfriend, soon-to-be fiancé, I have a feeling. And, uh, we had a lot of fun. We were great we guests. We had a lot of fun, absolutely. Uh, thanks, guys. Guests. It was an honor to be here. As Pete would and, say, you have a good face for radio. And uh, thanks for... Uh, <laughs> Actually, he's a good-looking guy. Thanks to uh, Jason Lewis for doing all of our production, our production manager. Uh, thanks to Pete Ruggieri for calling in. And we want to give special thanks to Monarch Studios, where actually it's like a sauna bath right now, but I'm sure this is going to change. Larry has stripped to his undies. <laughs> he's, he's tangled up in cords. <laughs> and, and also, too, uh, we also want to mention that and this is very sad. This is a sad note. Our news correspondents, I'm a blather and uh, what's the other guy's name? Not a worthy. No. Not a worthy. No. Yeah. We haven't heard from them for a month. What Last country? we heard, they were in Afghanistan. Well, we said it right this time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, and, I, and I don't know what's going on. So we, we have a problem there. I don't know if we're going to have any foreign correspondents anymore. I hope they're okay. Because I have a feeling they're going to shake and they're married. But anyway, get away from, get away from that. Uh, I'm not politically incorrect. Uh, also, two special thanks to uh, uh, Rocco and, and the Dash, the uh, two protectorates, the two guys downstairs that are protecting us from any kind of burglar at all. They're gigantic Dobermans. And uh, also, two uh, thanks to uh, Stephanie Ruggieri for allowing us to come into her house tonight when Pete was gone, which is... She's brave, and we like that. Thanks, Steph. And she's a sweetheart. None of us are very quick, though, yeah. so I think yeah. that if we were here for, you know, here for the yeah, booze. She, yeah, she, she, she'd beat our butts. Yeah. <laughs> and also, too, I want to give special thanks, and I'm going back a little bit, to the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Hal for keeping us out of trouble, keeping us straight, and uh, pretty much that's it. Well, if you don't have anything else, this I is Jay. I anything else. No. This is Jason Lewis. Do you want me to say anything else? Did you want to say anything else? I don't know. I'm trying to sign off, Larry. Jeez. <laughs> okay. This is Jason Lewis. This is Larry Maris. And this is J.P. Meyer. Have a great day, and thanks for listening. Thank you.